The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. Last we saw this one that came running, as it's written in verse 17 of Mark, chapter 10. He came running and kneeled to him, that is the Lord Jesus, and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He manifested the desire, and as we saw last time, the Lord called attention to the fact that God is the one that is good. Why are you calling me good? Does this man understand that Jesus Christ is very God? himself the Lord asked him do you know the commandments in other words you have them you following them and he answered and said to him master all these have I observed from my youth then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, one thing you're lacking. And he pinpointed the man's heart's condition, which was a covetous heart, a plague that is more deadly and prevalent than COVID-19 or any other disease or plague. A covetous heart, a heart that likes the finer things of life and likes to flaunt it too. These are the type of things the Lord says will take people to hell. In Ephesians 5, it's written expressly also. Let it not be named among you even once, those who become the children of God. Those who are called to be saints, let there be no greediness for money, pleasure, material things. Don't set your heart on things below, but the affections on things above. This man had this plague. And this plague would take him to hell. He was willing to go to hell with his greedy heart, his self-sufficiency, his own image of himself rather than surrender at the feet of the Lord the giver of eternal life and change his ways. How many people have heard the gospel? They refuse. They refuse to change their ways. They rather have God change his ways. They want a God of their own making and they forfeit everlasting life to go to torment for eternity. People weigh other people They judge other people. They consider one person foolish and they look at another person and say that person is wise. How do they judge? Often it's mixed up. What is good is evil and evil is good. Light is darkness. Darkness is light. They find a person who is supposed to be successful. They seem to have it together. Why? Because they have money. That's where it is. That's where life's at. If you have money, then you're doing good. You don't have money, 
you're foolish. The Bible says people who are under the false spirit suppose that gain is godliness. They think if you have more, if you're Christian and you have more things, more money, you're probably more godly. The disciples would have a lesson in this even from this very instance. That's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. Financial prosperity doesn't always equate to God's blessing because there are many wicked people who have gotten wealthy and didn't come from God. They simply permitted it. It was not a blessing to them. This man wanted God on his own terms. The Lord said, no. You can't play God and come to me for everlasting life. But he loved him. But the love that God had to come into this world, for God so loved the world, that same love he took into Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee, he took the same love into Bethsaida and other regions. Alas, that love couldn't save the people. How? Come. Why? God's love is so vast. Was it not enough to save those people? Just a drop of his love would have solved the problem. But their hearts were closed to his love. They were busy with their fishing industry, gossiping, enjoying themselves, having a religious spirit of pride. We're Jews. We've been given the commandments. We know where we came from. We're the blessed seed of Israel. We may not be having a good time altogether with the Roman occupation, but we don't need anyone to come to tell us to change our ways. They ran people out of town who preached righteousness, including the Lord Jesus Christ, in his own hometown. The condition of our hearts will be revealed whenever God comes with the demand and command to repent. If we don't like to hear it and we look to play the blame game, it's evident who we really follow. It's the devil, not God. When God comes in his love to bless us, he says, I need to see some change over here. That's exactly what he said to this man. Because he saw that if he just got this right, if he eschewed or shunned and did away with covetousness, the stronghold in his life, it was actually dominating his life. Like gangrene spreading all over. God said, I can save you if you forfeit this disease of the soul. You're holding it. He refused. Lord says, this one thing that you need to change, just one thing. Give up your immorality, your uncleanness, your adultery, your flirting. Give it up and you can have everlasting life. For the rich man here, who is as rich as for others, it's immorality. For others, it's pleasure and self-indulgence of one thing or another. We read Mark's Gospel in order and today we've come once again 
to review Mark chapter 10 regarding this particular story, which is true, because the Lord wants to bless us much, much more in the new year. How beautiful it is when a person can kneel before the Lord in solitude, deliberately shut out things that come, culprits, to take away that sacred time and space that we need to get our hearts right. How can the Holy Spirit work if I'm busy hearing my own voice and other voices? The enemy is clever. It will come with many, many things that are not necessarily even sinful sometimes in and of themselves. But just so long as he can rob us of the energy and time required for God to work, he's done his part with great success for that particular day. If we can go to bed exhausted without having been in the presence of Almighty God in solitude, seeking his face to say, Lord, make me more like you. It's the reason I'm alive. God may be manifest in this body, in this life. This person had the desire. He came humbly, so it appeared. But that humility was like a dross-covered silver vessel. It was like a gold-plated gem of a vessel. Started wearing away very quickly. And the true ignoble color and quality came through. This is what the Word of God does to us. God comes with His Word to test our hearts to show us what's in there so we can take care of it in his presence. When the test came to him, like it does to many, the results were less than desirable. He went away self-satisfied. Perhaps he went and found another preacher. Maybe he joined the first church of such and such a denomination or non-denomination whatever it was he didn't like Jesus' preaching he thought he can come and the Lord will pat him on the back and said you wonderful man you have all it takes I'm going to give you the free gift But the Lord hates imposters. He cannot stand hypocrites. And yet he loves the people. He loved the Pharisees. But he had to tell them, even when he loved them, that grace has run out for you. I will not love you forever. Because God doesn't love people in hell. He cannot. How can he? It'll be a dire contradiction to be up in heaven and worry about people in hell, in the lake of fire, thinking, I love them, I love them, I love them. No. There's a point at which God will withdraw his love because it was rejected. 
although the Lord Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They bore their guilt. He expressed his loving, forgiving, forbearing nature. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. They rejected life. And unless they're among the minority that repented, the majority of them, the whole lot of them, perished. Eternal flames after their earthly life was over. It hasn't changed. No wonder the Lord was so passionate about telling people while there's time to change your ways. This man wouldn't have it. He was sad when he heard it. What kind of sadness is that? That you would commit self-murder forever? Forfeit yourself to destruction? And you're sad about leaving life? What a deception emotion can be. Many people weep. Onlookers can think, well, they're in the church, in the house of God, and they're crying. They're hearing a message and they're crying. They're having a great turn of heart there. Look at their tears. God sees and he told the Israelites in the people of Judah, he says, your tears are fake because your heart does not want to repent. It wants to fight. Have you seen people who will cry as if they're sorry? You go near them and they'll tear you up. Because the tears are really tears of anger, looking for a chance to exhibit the vengeance. God knows the human heart all too well. May we as believers be worry, not worried, but worry, be careful, be alert, that no sinister evil has come into our hearts. Because we become smug and felt lucky privileged we're not like those people over there who don't know my God they don't have the gospel they don't have my church my pastors God will hold us accountable every for every drop of mercy and grace that has shown us doesn't that send fear to you it does to me healthy fear But Lord, for too long I've despised the riches of your grace enough in a lifetime to deserve hell many times over. But God has come one more time to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The good news is the disciples, although they were confused, And they were astonished at the words that came at the conclusion of the encounter with this rich man who had great possessions and he couldn't give them up. He should have seen his house, his houses, his mansions, his vehicles, whatever he had, mode of transportation, all his servants, all the finest food, He should have seen them all as stinking garbage heaps. Yes, all the shiny jewelry, 
assets that he had, that people admire and crave and long for. He should have seen them at once compared to eternal life. Stinking, rotting fool's gold. But he didn't because he was blinded by choice. He walked away from everlasting life. The disciples, they heard Jesus say, when he looked at them, he looked around, he was astonished. The Lord, what a fool. What misery he's walking toward. How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. Far be it from any of us ever love the things we possess. We may be thankful for them and enjoy them according to God's will. But be ready to part with them any moment so we can serve God wherever He calls us. Everything is disposable. Unless we hold it that way, fear God and love Him and be all about the Father's business in propagating the gospel, the good news that saves people as it saved us. We may be among the five foolish virgins thinking we have it together and be utterly shocked when we're shut out of the kingdom because we didn't care to come to God's presence continually to make sure he says we're okay not simply pass off on our own opinion of ourselves the Lord said how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God but God isn't prosperity a sign that you're with a person the disciples were astonished at his words they must have been thinking that gain is godliness but Jesus answers again and says to them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches, their own muscle power, their own people power, their own smarts. Abomination in the sight of God. He who trusts in his own heart, the proverb says, is a fool. Children, how hard is it for them to trust in their jobs, their profile, their rank, the social or corporate ladder. But in the grave, not one thing can be carried. And if by some means a piece of that pie can be taken to the grave and buried with the person very soon it rots with the person it's hard for people who trust in their bank account who trust in their ability to pick up a phone and get any food they want travel anywhere they want control people by their wealth he said, it's going to be very, very hard for those people to enter the kingdom of heaven. What a sad indictment of those 
who've been fooled. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. How can I be rich and still enter the kingdom of heaven? You just have to ask Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Job, many people who were faithful to the Lord because they knew, like Job, God has given, not for me to hoard, but to give to the poor and to be unselfish and not think in terms of dollars and cents all the time. To think in terms of I'll never leave the one who blessed me. My heart belongs to him. And if he should say, give everything away today. If he should say that, I'm ready to do it. I will do it. That's how you know when a person can be rich and still enter heaven. They do not trust in their riches nor love them. And they were astonished out of measure. They still didn't get it saying among themselves, who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. How? God can change a greedy heart by his powerful grace into a humble, contrite, penitent, lowly heart, ready to give and give and give never looking for a return from the people, but looking to God, knowing that God is faithful. He says, give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God said, I will bless those who give to the poor, they're lending to the Lord. When do we see you naked, Lord? That we should have clothed you? I wish we knew, Lord. When did we see you in such a pitiable condition? You needed our help. But Lord, we didn't see your name on the t-shirt. We didn't see the halo. All we saw was some poor excuse of a human being. It was probably blown all the opportunities and has made his or her, her bed now they have to lie in it. They don't have time to stop and hear their story and help them. The least of the brethren. The Lord said, that's, that's when I was there confronting you. The person you call a bum. The person you call sorry excuse for a human being the person you blame you have no heart of compassion ready to judge and condemn because you have money and they don't God have mercy may we have any treachery exposed from our hearts a very important point we must convey it at this juncture is this the human heart, even the Christian heart, can actually behave as a pendulum. 
at any given day, any given moment. It's possible. It doesn't have to be. As we prayed before we began this morning, we want to be immovable in the truth. Live the truth 24-7 with God's help. We can. God expects us to. We must be aware that your heart and my heart can fluctuate when it comes to integrity, when it comes to holiness, when it comes to sincerity and truthfulness and love. We can be very loving one moment and be very callous and evil the next moment. But if we watch our hearts, because the word of Christ dwells in us richly, that's the remedy, then we will be steady in behaving just like the Lord Jesus and thinking like him. It's an exhortation and an encouragement from the word of God that we can be stable spiritually. We don't have to be unstable. That doesn't need to be the story of our lives. God does not expect that from the people he died for with his own precious blood to wash them pure from every evil and then fill them with the Holy Spirit to make them just like Jesus. He doesn't expect us to keep fluctuating like a pendulum and like a seesaw. He wants us to be steady. Is the word of God, the word of Christ dwelling in you Richly, or is it just on the surface here and there? A whole lot of noise, very little substance. Have you ever been convicted of that by the Holy Spirit? What are we going to do about it is the question each of us must answer if we are guilty of that. We need only read the word of God and let it dwell in us richly. When we read about this ruler, we must not think, well, I don't have millions like him. So it doesn't apply to me. No. We can take the truth and see what is it that God says, give up, surrender. We're still holding on to, making excuses. Why? And looking for everybody like that snake in the garden. Got a hold of Adam and Eve and they started behaving like the snake. Liars playing the blame game. Instead of looking at their own hearts and truth. Saying I have to own up to my own sin. Not blame my neighbor like Cain. End up killing an innocent brother. God would have saved that man on the spot. But he loved sin more than the Savior. Consequently, he never got saved. And he went to hell with the sin. Disciples were very dull, as we said on many occasions, and so are we. We are dull on many occasions. Unless we yield ourselves to God and say, Lord, I don't like this dullness and let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness to me, Lord. 
If you speak through your servants to tell me that I'm dull, Lord, let it be so that I can wake up out of this dullness, be wise, and be profitable to the kingdom of God because I've woken up. Let me not listen to flattering preaching, Lord. Let me not look to make friends of those who would tell me how good I am without caring about the state of my heart in relationship to your word. I'd rather have a hundred people tell me what's wrong with me that I can change according to the truth than a million people will make me a king over a castle it's not built on God's word built on sinking sand perishable and perishing Peter said well we don't have riches and we have a chance at heaven We've got it mixed up. We thought money meant heaven because it's from God, riches and prosperity. They thought it was a ticket to heaven. If you do well for yourself in this world, you help a few people along the way, you'll make it to heaven. And Peter began to say unto him, after the Lord said, with men it's impossible, but God can change a covetous heart he can change an immoral heart. He can change an unloving, unforgiving heart. So long, how many of us can testify? Carrying bitterness against people. For years, God did the impossible. He broke us down so that we can truly begin to live forgiving and loving. Peter said, we left everything. What do we have? What's coming to us, Lord? We really don't have anything much. But what we did have, we left to follow you. And Jesus answered and said, truly I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the Gospels. Notice, very opposite to what people normally do, even Christian people. They want to cling to the house, the brethren, the sisters, the father, the mother, the wife, the children, and the property, the lands. They want the Gospel, but they also want the very things that will undermine the work of God in their lives because it's just plain wrong to leave family, property. The Lord said, if you're not ready to do that, you see it's a state of the heart more than the action because there are people who leave 
physically. But their hearts in Egypt. Their hearts are in Egypt. Physically they can come out, but their hearts are still in Egypt. And so the first moment they get that ticket to go down south, back to Egypt, they say, count me in. I need a seat on that train. It's so simple. The Lord's way to heaven, to life, so simple. We need to just come to him and say, Lord, I want the word to do the work. I don't want to float around times when I'm not in church or in the meetings doing my own thing. By and by we can be led astray to take the wrong road if we don't examine ourselves. But the Lord said the ones who are ready to forsake and have forsaken all that they really wanted in this world, they will receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters. This promise is not just for Peter and the disciples, it's for us today. God said, if you really love me more than everything else in your life, I give you much, much more than you can ever ask or imagine. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. It'll be a fight. Hell will fight against you. Try to convince you to go back to Egypt. This is too complicated, this life. His church. His doctrines. The requirements to be holy, just a little too much. I want to go to a place far away where I can breathe a little bit and be myself. Which self, pray tell, is that self? The self that has the old nature coming back alive and well to deceive and drag that soul to hell. The many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. May the Lord help us to be true to Him and know one thing. We can never hide or deceive the living God. What a comfort that is for the believer. The Lord cannot be deceived. In other words, no one can go and tell on me some gossip to the Lord in his ears and deceive him when I'm truthful before him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The judge of all judges has approved me. He has certified that I'm a true person before him. Hallelujah. I never, ever want to deceive myself 
I'd rather have a million people tell me I'm no good. And God say, you're faithful to me. You fear me. Because you think about me day and night about what I think about you. In conversations. Where your feet go, what your hands do. You always come back to me at the end of the day to say, Lord, did I do right by you? Father, is my conscience clear by you? And let me lay my head upon your lap, Lord, while the angels sing me to sleep. May my rest be sweet because I know I've lived this day all for the glory of God. I may have not started out right. I may have carried out over some things from last week or last month. Maybe there's an ongoing problem in my heart. It hasn't been dealt with. But today, I have faced the truth. And I said, Lord, will you forgive me? And I have God's forgiveness. I can sleep peacefully. No matter what kind of storm is raging outside, I'm in the Savior's arms. Blessed be God's name. This is the truth. This is the basic foundation of our walk with God. Nothing matters. This is the bedrock and the cornerstone of our lives where we can happily know that God washed away our sins and wiped away our tears preparing us for a far greater glorious year up ahead with mighty wonders mighty miracles and a usefulness in his kingdom that our lot and our share in his kingdom will be occupied by us faithful stewards seeking to go into the new year to do the works of the Lord Jesus guided by the Holy Spirit to win many souls to him may that be our goal hallelujah father of glory thank you blessed be God hallelujah who has not left us destitute of his mercy has given us his manna so that we may be right before him usable, become the golden vessel in the hand of the Master. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All our difficulties and troubles are nothing before you, Lord. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah. Is the Lord's arm shortened that it cannot save? No. But it's your iniquities that have separated you from your God. Not one crevice corner of our hearts should have any rebellion against God or grudge against a brother or sister. It's written in the book of James. Lord, 
that the judge stands at the door. Help us, Lord, to clear all the debts. Help us to destroy this hideous, monstrous thing called self. They would like to ask, act as a chameleon. Play Christian when the time gets close. Be loving and forgiving. Never thinking about long-term eternal repentance and change. Take vengeance against this carnality and say, I'll never act like this again. Never, ever wage war against that that brings confusion and division between us and the Lord, us, the fellow brothers and sisters. Never cop out. Be a coward and say, I'm going to run away. The devil will be there to be the conductor and the driver for the journey away from God. Lord God Almighty, I pray that the Spirit of God take a hold of your people. They be sharp. Know that the message is not from the messenger, but from the one who sent the messenger. To belong all the glory, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the way, Lord, the manner in which, Lord, you have rescued us time and time again this year. Help us to give all to you, our entire hearts, Lord. Our speeches, Lord, may be pleasing to you. Our thoughts, Lord, may be governed by the Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be different pilgrims, different from this world, to stand out among our families in any gatherings, any meetings, as people who are sold out to the Holy Savior. Do His will and His will only, even if it means parting company with family. God be glorified. But Lord, we pray that the effect of our testimony be so grand and so glorious that family would want to follow the straight and narrow path. Not the other way around. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. May we be rich, not like this man who became everlastingly poor, miserable in hell, but rich in you, Lord, having the true riches, eternal life, and never selling the truth. Praise and thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.